0: Hi and welcome back to KONST. This is Roland Philipp Kretschmar. KONST is a podcast by a Scandinavian Mind about contemporary and future art, the interconnection with society, culture, technology, finance and lifestyle. The outlook is primarily at the art world from a Scandinavian perspective, although taking into account the global arena of artists, exhibitions, trade fairs and other current events. And today I'm very, very excited because... Um, They both have, um, as guests on the podcast, a dude that started Kulis Gallery. It's a fantastic, uh, relatively new gallery in Stockholm. We'll get back to that uh, later. And then also Hank Gruner, who is a super talented multidisciplinary artist based in Stockholm. So, hi, how are you doing? Hey. Hi. Hi,
1: good to be here.
0: Yeah, it's great to be here. Good morning. Thanks for inviting us. (laughs) Good morning. So... Kulis Gallery, you focus on presenting young cutting edge artists and designers, uh, primarily from Scandinavia, but also uh, from from the rest of the world. And you have a collaborative approach um, where the gallery aims to bring a vibrant new energy to the Stockholm art scene, connecting artists and creatives from different disciplines who have common visual and conceptual threads in their practices. And the gallery, Kulis Gallery, is run uh, by uh, Philip uh, and Jeanette. Uh, and uh, Philip is a ConstFact graduate, having previously worked as a furniture and set designer and architect, both in the Netherlands and Sweden. And Jeanette uh, has previously worked as a freelance curator, uh, both in London and New York, and then uh, here in Stockholm. And then, of course, the third guest, Hank Gruner, uh, who is a multidisciplinary artist based in Stockholm. Uh, he's originally from Colombia, and in addition to working predominantly in painting, sculpture and drawing, Hank also works uh, as an in-house artist for Swedish brand, Our Legacy. So, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a great show today. I'm super excited, uh, long intro, but you know, I think for, for the listeners, um, this is going to be exciting. So I'm going to start, uh, with, uh, Philippe and Juanette and you decide kind of who goes first, but, uh. Coolest gallery. I mean, as I said in my intro, super exciting gallery space. Um, There's a big buzz about what you're doing. Um, Can you kind of give the backstory? Why did you start the gallery? And, you know, yeah, just explain to the listeners what you're doing. Of
2: course. Yes. Uh, So I started the gallery in February this year because I had this vision to bring new energy to Stockholm art scene by showing the best of. Young artists and designers um, from Scandinavia and also uh, from uh, from Europe and then uh, So I studied at Konstfark. I took my master in design and the idea when I started was to to co-create that was uh, sort of the idea behind the program to involve different people uh, in the sort of creative process and also um, it was very much about uh, working with people that has um, that have like different perspective, that may come uh, from the fashion, uh, or maybe that worked with architecture before. Mm-hmm. So that's also what we're trying to do uh, at Kulis. That we invite uh, different curators that maybe uh, that have been working with fashion or. Yes, so th- I think this like having a different perspective uh, of a person that worked maybe within a, like a different field. I think that's very, uh, for, for us, is very exciting and we, I feel like we, we gain a lot, a lot from that. Mm-hmm. Um, can you elaborate
0: and- on what, w- why do you think that <clears throat> getting influences from other industries than art brings uh, new energy? I mean, can you elaborate a little bit on this?
2: Yeah, I feel like, uh, yeah, it's about uh, sort of this like a broader understanding of a subject. So for us, it's uh, since we partly work with, uh, like we focus a lot on art, but we also work with designers. It is not at the moment about like those different disciplines. It's more about like finding connections, um, like finding the common sort of Uh, form language. So uh, yeah, that exists both in art and design, so when we put up exhibitions we maybe exhibit someone that works with crafts, that maybe uh, works uh, with uh, carpets and then someone that works with like wooden sculptures and painting, but it's still there is like this, um, this common Form language that it, they speak about the same thing is just mm-hmm. maybe different. They use maybe a bit different metals, different materials, and then when you when you come this, to this kind of exhibition, we focus at this uh, uh, maybe on a specific subject, and then you get, I think, by showing those different mediums, you get a broader understanding of the topic.
0: Mm-hmm. And it, and Jeanette, uh, out of curiosity. Was this element what kind of attracted you as well to starting the gallery? Do you have another perspective on it?
1: Um, Philip and I started working together um, in May. He invited me to do an exhibition, so to curate a show. Um, And coming from London and working as a freelance curator for many years, I've always thrived on this idea of collaboration and working with different galleries and artists. And when Philip and I started working together at the beginning of the summer, I felt we had a very similar ethos in the way that we sort of think about artists, the way we think about artworks and supporting the artists that we believe in and the way that we want to kind of like um, showcase those people's work. And um, I immediately also felt like Coolis Gallery is about building a community Mm -hmm. and that was very exciting to me. So that's sort of where our relationship started off. And we decided that um, coming from different fields, you know, me coming more from like a curatorial fine art background and Philip having a a lot of years of experience working within design felt like a very um, a nice place to meet. And there was a really good synergy there, I think, and We both really like uh, taking risks and uh, digging deeper in exploring the art world. And for me as well, expanding my kind of horizons beyond just fine art and thinking about design and making bold decisions um, felt really exciting to me. So I'm really glad that, you know, we sort of met... um, through this approach mm. with the gallery.
0: We'll get back a bit more to um, to the gallery and um, your view on the gallery scene and the art space, I mean the art market, etc. But Hank, um, you've exhibited once uh, with the gallery, right? I know you have a second exhibition coming up. So um, can you explain to the listeners a bit uh, about yourself and, and kind of your <clears throat> Uh, you know, artistic identity and, yeah, you know, who you are as an artist and what excites you about uh, working with Kulis? Um,
3: My art, normally I have, uh, I take a lot of inspirations from my heritage of coming from South America. So my... um, a lot of my inspirations comes a lot from from spirits and uh, shamanistic kind of uh, energies and uh, mythology from South America so there's basically my inspiration is is uh, my uh, my uh, heritage mm-hmm. so normally I like to work with uh, Sculptures and paintings, and make them together to fit. And I like to uh, try to make rituals for my uh, my what is exhibitions and my work. And uh, through the rituals, I like to work with kind of uh, to- totemic uh, kind of figures, mm-hmm. uh, and that I normally bring together kind of uh, a werewolf together with a human body. And then uh, I tried to try to make it into kind of a, a symbolic thing that is more related to to my perspective. As I was growing up, I uh, I went to my first shaman when I was eleven years old because I needed the. Uh, my mother thought it was a good idea of going to a shaman instead of going to like a psychologist or whatever. And uh, after that, I learned kind of the way of transforming thoughts and uh different dreams into making your maybe weaknesses into my uh into my drawings and uh making my uh you could say my uh my awareness and my uh beliefs and my disadvantage into to my advantage in my paintings and drawings and making myself portraited as a animal if I need a strength or a uh, you could say a horse if I needed to be another kind of strange. So uh, I like to to work with my identity together with my heritage and through rituals I form them into my exhibitions. Uh, and then working with Kulis, I thought it was uh, when I met Philip. Uh, he was very free and uh, we had like a really good connections. We met one time first and then we met the second time to... Talk about a little bit how we could work a uh, exhibition together, and uh, then I think we had a really easy understanding of like how to work with the uh, with the space and how freely and the and the the understanding of each other. Like uh, uh, Juanette said, the ethos with Philip was very nice, and uh, we had the same ideas and kind of uh, wanted to bring new life in a way. So I thought we had we met in a really good way. Mm.
0: So thank you for 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 that uh, introduction. Um just for the sake of the listeners I mean you refer back to shamanism and wh- what is shamanism and, and and can you expand a bit on uh, the role it has played in your life?
3: Uh yeah so when I was growing up it was uh, I'm adopted for one thing so I didn't really know much about my my biology and my uh, my own what you could say, my identity, and uh, I started to have like a lot of uh, different kind of uh, things playing in my head, and my mother thought it was very like. Uh, she brought me to psychologists and stuff, and then they they said it's uh, maybe you should uh, take him to someone that maybe is from his his own uh, background, and then uh, my mother was a little bit confused what that could mean. And then she found out that uh, where I come from, in Bogota and outside of Bogota in Colombia, there's a lot of shamans, uh, spiritual leaders that work with people uh, that uh, they have different dreams and they have different visions in their head. So my mother brought me to a shaman when I was 11. And uh, what they basically did with, uh, you can have, shamans can work in different ways, but with me they could... Uh, calm my uh, my in- inner feelings down and they could translate my kind of uh, the things that I saw in my head I could control them and learn how to the things that I saw I could uh, basically learn how to control them and use them into not be afraid of my feelings so I get to uh, work a lot with normally work with all the your senses as a human, so you do work with sounds, with drums normally, and uh, you work with uh, smell, and you work with uh, stones also, that you put uh, close to your heart, where you have a lot of energy, basically. Uh, so I get to maybe expand my uh, visions, how to understand my own feelings, basically, when I was very young.
0: Have you had any... Uh interaction with uh, for example the shamanic culture in the in the nordics like with the sami people or is it exclusively with your heritage or not
3: so much with the with the with the nordic no but i'm very very interested in in uh, nordic uh, uh, shamanistic culture basically where you have the the people living up in in lapland and uh, i think it's really interesting Mm So, Philip and Jeanette,
0: uh, what or Philip maybe, because you were the one that uh, interacted with Hank originally. Uh, so, what, what kind of drew you to, to Hank and his
2: art? I think uh, for me it was, it was the story very much um, behind like, Hank's art. Of course, also the aesthetics, but it's interconnected. I just felt like this story has to be told. Because yeah, because Hank uh, also like yeah, he's originally from Colombia. It's a different perspective, and it's a different perspective maybe than um, than the uh, than the sort of the local or like the the, the Swedish perspective. And I just wanted to uh, enlighten that that uh, yeah, uh, I think it's a it's interesting that uh, that Hank is part of the Sw- the swedish culture but also like he has a lot of the colombian culture and i mm-hmm. think this this meeting was very interesting to to show sort of in his art and also that that he's um so honest with like his creation and and also he takes his own personal story and uses he uses uh, that story in his art i think that was also very for me, um, convincing that he's not like really following maybe the he's not following maybe like some kind of like I don't know trends within art or or he's using his own life sort of or like his own experiences and uh, when when he uh, creates art. So that was very convincing for me.
1: Yeah, and I think his work has been you know extremely well received and. Um, it's very sort of bold and communicative and because of that it's great to have the opportunity um, for us to work more closely with Hank and to do a solo exhibition because of course in this exhibition um, it's going to be really an expansion of that like story and the narratives and like um, an opportunity um, for Hank to kind of showcase also the different um, mediums and materials that he works in because, um, you know, we're going to have some sculptural elements and cutouts and painting and collage. So I think that's really exciting. I think that kind of like cross disciplinary aspect of Hank's practice is really exciting.
2: Exactly. It's again the same thing as uh, I mentioned in the beginning that, yeah, that uh, commu- uh, maybe I think uh, by um, using those different mediums. Uh, you can also understand like a bit better like what he wants to uh, sort of communicate uh, because it's not only painting it's also like sculpture so yeah it's a, then you can get like a, again broader understanding of mm. what, what's what's uh, what's Hank's story or like what he wants to tell us basically
0: so so Hank uh, I mean what are your own thoughts about this upcoming exhibition
2: uh, I think
3: it's it's like, uh, it's an exhibition I've been having in my head for a very long time. So I started, I think, three years ago, one year before the pandemic, I uh, exhibited big cutoffs in Paris and uh, in another place here in Stockholm. And uh, so when the pandemic hit, I had to pause them and then I worked with kind of other uh, mediums. But then for me, this was always maybe the things that was closest to my heart to work with the cutouts uh, that I call them. And that's very big, like wooden sculptures. So the new exhibition contains very big scale uh, cutouts. That is kind of you can work them or see them as a scale that changes metaphors for times in a way. And then also there are smaller works uh, that are also similar to the Ca. But it all, all, all the big, what do you say, the content of the exhibition is kind of uh, how are you uh, trying to transform myself into different uh, seeing the door as a transformative uh, vision into another world in a way. So it's a lot of, uh, you could say, rooms that are got be- being placed with different figures, taken up the my uh, sculptures in, in different forms to the collage, to paintings, and to the other sculptures, basically.
0: So what do you want the visitor of this show, this exhibition, to experience and feel? I mean, and, and a buyer, for
3: example, like a collector or a first-time buyer. Maybe like a theatrical kind of twist and also see the the transformation into different kind of shape-shifting and then also like uh, like Jeanette said different or earlier maybe it's a little bit kind of uh, more bolder into the colors and then I don't know it's hard to say what a to what a collector wants but uh, I would say it's very personal for me in the way of, of just working with with the with the sculptures and the Mm -hmm. the paintings do you you, as an artist care who buys your work uh not really it's just uh, i think the most interesting thing is when you feel that it's that they maybe understand what you're coming from and uh, that they for example when i was in berlin it was a girl that came came up to me from colombia and that she said it was really she really liked that uh, there was another Colombian that was bringing up the heritage of where we come from, and for me that was maybe the that made my whole exhibition into another i she made me so happy when when we got to talk about that thing and uh, so it doesn't really matter, but when I see someone that can understand the Colombian perspective and maybe come there, then maybe I get a little bit more excited in a way.
0: Mm. And, Philip, do you care who buys the art that you exhibit?
2: Yeah, I, I would say that I do. Uh, I want the person that buys the art to understand it or to have like a personal attachment to the piece, maybe, uh, rather than when it's only more of an investment. Uh, when it, when it's both like intellectual investment, sort of maybe, and like uh, yeah, sort of investment with the with your with your <laughs> money basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but
0: a, a question. This is not to put you on the spot. It's just out of curiosity because I know how hard it is to run a gallery. Like, how picky can you be actually? Then in the beginning of of, of a gallery's journey.
2: I, th- I think uh, like yeah. It's good to be peaky because I don't know. I, I my dream would be, or I have some of the collectors that I have also like a personal relationship with, mm-hmm. that we speak about art. We t- maybe talk even daily about uh, yeah, what, what kind of pieces, what kind of artists we like. What, uh, to have that like friendly relationship basically, instead of thinking uh, of a buyer that yeah that that, that that's just the customer. I think the collectors should be, in my eyes, and some of our collectors are, the part of the community. So, uh, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so, because also, you know, we're obviously like a young gallery and we're working with young artists, but um, as a gallery, your vision is always to like, or for us anyway, it's like about building something, you know, that has like a good fundamental core. And so for that to happen, you have to have that sort of relationship with um, collectors Mm. where it's, you know, it's about investing in each other kind of like mutually, Mm. you know, and like sharing that kind of passion and enthusiasm. Yeah. And Um, so I think it's not, I mean, you know, of course, it's never, I don't think we're like, oh, you don't have this in this collection, therefore you can't buy something.
0: <laughs> Which That's, many other galleries have. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know? But we're,
1: we're just, we're definitely not about that. But we are about, you know, like, we want to um, build like a sustainable support system for the artists that we work with. You know, we want to like. Build a future together. So we want people who are passionate, you know, and who care about the artists and the artworks. You know that I think that is like what it's really about.
2: Mm. And to be honest, like it's, uh, so far, we we met very supportive people. Mm-hmm. That. Uh, Partly uh, maybe uh, purchased uh, art from us and also brought other collectors to us mm-hmm. and uh, bec- be- because of the arts of course that we present, but also because of the general sort of vibe around the gallery yeah I think uh, so. that is very collectivistic sort yeah of, and, and i want
1: and I like it's it's like you know young young people and should also be collectors you know like. We want to be, you know, we want to be inclusive in our like approach and. Um, Isn't you know. that
2: uh, maybe a price point like inclusivity for younger yeah, people? Yeah, definitely. That's also a price point of, So, for example, when we had the group exhibition with Hank, uh, there was some. We had some pieces that were a bit more, like a higher price, and then we had some that were more affordable. And, uh, and what is affordable?
0: We, I mean, in a, for the listener, like when you say affordable, what do you mean? Like,
2: uh, around 10,000 for okay. a small piece. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then...
1: Uh, yeah, and then like, you do bring in like a, a bring in sort of different audiences and I think that's really that's really great. Exactly. Um,
2: so now, for example, when we go to the solo show, then we're gonna have some pieces that maybe also have a little bit higher price because they may be... Hank put a little bit more time in producing them, but we are also going to have some smaller pieces. So those people that maybe bought uh, pieces at the last exhibition, they can afford buying, continuing collecting Mm -hmm. uh, art from the same artist Mm. at this occasion also. Yeah. So this uh, energy that you're talking
0: about, that's also the buzz around town, you know, that the energy around Kulis is is, is great. Um, But uh, if you, I mean, Hank, you're an outsider. Why, why, why do you think uh, Kulis, um are talked about in this way, you know, that there is this, you know, vibrant uh, energy, exciting energy around the gallery?
3: I think uh, what differs Philip's gallery or Kulis, uh, t- compared to the other galleries here in Stockholm, there's very much more room for younger artists to do shows. And then also there's like a little bit more, I would say, Older kind of stuff you don't normally at this gallery here in Stockholm you see the same persons and you see the same things and you see this is uh, this is something maybe new in the way of taking new new people that are are arising artists or new artists and Philip taking in people from not only Stockholm everywhere and I think uh, that's also makes it a little bit more exciting to see a new life and that also Mm. breaks the new energy of people getting more excited to see what is this kind of artist? What can this uh, new person do or with the sculptures from painting? So I think it's a good mix of people want to just see new stuff, I think.
0: And, and I mean, from, from my own observation, this, this is just a subjective opinion, obviously. I mean, I remember 2007-08, uh, around the, that time, uh, when Jonas Klierup had his gallery on Gatan in the basement and it, has, it had the same vibe. Like, you know, there were queues outside. It was more like a nightclub than an, an art opening. There were people from all parts of the of society, you know, and it was the same kind of uh, free, uh, you know, anti-art world kind of energy uh, that I feel that Kulis is maybe also projecting. That, you, you know, you're obviously part of the art world. You're running an art gallery, but um, still the energy around it is is, is not anti-art maybe, but um, you kind of... Uh, you're challenging the status quo. So I see some similarities. I don't even know if you you remember uh, what Jonas did 15 years ago, but that's like just one subjective uh, view I have on it. Um, But then um, a question, uh, how do you think then that the traditional art scene is responding to
2: this? I would say that. Well,
1: I think it's really interesting, if I can, that you mentioned um, Jonas Klerow, because um, when we were uh, thinking about, you know, coming on your podcast and, and talking to you, we were kind of talking about um, the sort of Stockholm art scene and mm-hmm. the Stockholm art market. And I feel like, um, well, you can speak a bit better on this, maybe, Philip, but like people like Jonas Klerow have been really supportive um,
2: Exactly, uh, we, we uh, were very lucky that we met people that... Uh, also in the beginning, when we, when we opened in February, uh, that helped us a lot, like Johanna Sundström. Uh, mm-hmm. She has been very supportive. She introduced us to a lot of people. Uh, she was very helpful. Then we also did collaborate with, exactly with Jonas Klierup, uh, he's also been a mentor and uh, mm-hmm. so so I'm not surprised so, by that yeah <laughs> I, uh, I mean it's a personality thing right as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah exactly so so uh, that that's been great that's been, we had a like, great uh, experiences actually when it comes to like reception of how how people what yeah. yeah. about those. other gallerists i mean like I the mean, more traditional yeah. gallerists
1: Yeah, I think also like we're really good friends with Alexander Stoyanovsky who's opening public service later this year, you know, Mm -hmm. and and super excited about what they're going to do there. And um, yeah, I feel like it's a really, I mean, one of the things for me moving to Stockholm a year ago was that I felt that it is, it's a tight knit community, but it's also quite a welcoming community, you know, Mm -hmm. like people support each other and people are like willing to, you know, come come to your openings, have chats, come for coffee. You know, it's been really, overall, I would say it's been really super positive.
0: Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and what about um, kind of participating more formally, traditionally in the art scene? I mean, are you going to be at Art Basel? Uh, are you going exhibit to exhibit in these trade fairs? I mean, what, what's your view on that?
1: <clears throat> That's the dream. I mean, yesterday we were talking about London. We're mm-hmm. like, that's where we're going. <laughs> that's
2: where you're going, okay. But also, I really, uh, we really like a uh, chart. Yeah, uh, uh, art fair in Copenhagen. Yeah. And we possibly, uh, now we're going to do a collaboration with uh, New Disco Gallery, yet, so we're going to do exhibition there, and we might uh, work with this Danish artist that uh, had like a solo uh, exhibition at uh, charts, yeah. Yeah,
1: I think, yeah, definitely you're, yeah, you're absolutely right. Like chart is the, you know, definitely where we want to go, but it's obvious, you know, it's like, it's slow and steady wins the race for sure. Mm
2: -hmm.
0: Yeah. And what uh, about the international uh, galleries? Do you have any kind of, uh, I don't know, friends, inspiration? I mean, just. Yes, definitely.
2: Like we would love to, I mean. That's not. We didn't contact it yet, uh, them yet. But uh, we really like this uh, gallery in Copenhagen, uh, Gather Contemporary. It's uh, it's a pretty young gallery, but it, it gathered uh, great artists, I think. Uh, and we're hopefully are gonna work with some of the artists also. Mm-hmm. And yeah. they are also very open-minded. They like to. Um, I think they they, they also uh, uh, want to collaborate and. From the St- uh, Stockholm-based artists uh, uh, galleries, we also really like uh, Udem Atelier. Mm-hmm. That mm-hmm. is run by Nick Odem because he does things differently, like yep. uh, interesting, in, in an interesting way. Mm. Um, yes so so. Uh, and what do you think Jeanette like what's your um,
1: I mean I have a few maybe London favourites like uh, Collective Ending which is uh, more of an artist run sort of collective but they do really interesting stuff and have some really fantastic artists that have kind of worked with them also Guts Gallery is doing very interesting things in London and yeah mm. I, yeah I agree with your observations. Yeah.
2: And also the whole gallery in New York is amazing, of course. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah.
0: So I, I just out of curiosity, um, and this applies to all three of you, actually. I mean, how much uh, can you over intellectualize art? Like how much can you actually speak about art? And I, I thought about this when <laughs> I started the podcast, like, you know, art should be
2: maybe experienced,
0: <laughs> not talked about.
2: I, I totally agree. Or. For me, it's been always like it always felt that uh, a lot of people, like or also my parents, for example, they are always very I don't know they feel sometimes uncomfortable uh, when they are around like contemporary art mm-hmm. because they feel like they have to understand everything, but sometimes it's about your feelings, like uh, how you feel about it, than the maybe intellectual part of it, if you understand it or not. Mm. It's it's like the feeling that you can really sometimes define with like words, I think, yeah.
1: I think for me, like, um, I think art definitely should be felt, but I also think that many interesting conversations come out of art, um, Mm -hmm. because there's so many themes within works that it can go into psychological, scientific, you know, there's so many areas that art and also design covers. And um, during the pandemic, for example, I, also, I started doing these artist interviews and um, they were sort of Instagram lives mm-hmm. um, as a way to, I don't know, sort of continue my curatorial practice. But what I thought was really interesting, what I really learned from that is that so much kind of comes out of these conversations because it's through like the conversations with artists that you understand the, their work more and more mm-hmm. and the, those people who I had these conversations with that those are like long-lasting friendships and you know creative professional relationships mm-hmm. that last so i think i think conversations are really important of course they shouldn't be exclusionary but yeah <laughs>
0: No, I, I mean i I'm open for any any view on this i mean personally, I try to be quite light in this show at least and because mm. i I think everyone should feel comfortable i mean with art and with contemporary art and in the art scene and in the, sometimes i mean the more traditional galleries or the the blue ship galleries i mean it's there's so much, so much distance mm. between what they do and, and let's say the general public. Yeah. Uh, and I think art is for everyone, really. So, you know, I, I, I mean, I, I try not to over-intellectualize the conversation about art in this show, at least. Mm. Uh, so it, hopefully it's more accessible then uh, to a larger audience. What about you, Hank? What do you feel about it as an artist?
3: Uh, I, I agree totally with the thing that art should be for everyone. And it's also the kind of the nice thing to because art normally is a visual language. It's, of course, also a big part of being able to talk about it and be able to, you know, have a conversation. Sometimes you meet a, a person and you just, you know, you start talking about your artwork and then not e- even showing it. And then you start to get an interesting because the person likes, either you like what they're t- uh, talking about or you like what they're saying. And then, so I think it's it's both part of, of, of the art world is being to, to see it visually and also uh, being able to speak about it in, a, in, a, in every room, basically, without naming any specific kind of way. So on that note, Hank,
0: when's the show coming out? The up? show is 4th of November. Great. At Coolies Gallery, right? And why should I go and visit your show?
3: If you want to go visit my, the uh, exhibition that's going to be called Shape Shifting, it's if you want to see masks in different rooms, the scale of power and tactility, transformation of my- mythology. Uh, if you want to see maybe the te- theatrical twist in a way of uh, how I work, uh, then you should come and uh, hopefully you will have a, a great viewing.
0: And Philippe and Juanette, why should we come to Kulis Gallery?
2: Uh, well i mean there's so many reasons
1: yeah Yeah. i think you should come for a good time for some great art for a good chat good vibe and um
0: you seem like nice people not not too scary yeah Yeah.
1: (laughs) exactly we're not scary yeah and we're just happy to like see people um and yeah you don't have yeah we won't have too scary conversations
2: yeah. or anything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think it's going to be a great uh, exhibition. Uh, I, I'm really looking forward, actually, and uh, it's going to be nice to see some new works from Hank. Yeah. Uh, some ceramic works. I think like
1: yeah, big bold color to like yeah. brighten up the gray November. You. It's going to
2: be very like strong um, exhibition when it comes to like it, it's going to be like strong expression. Mm. Mm. Well, I'm looking
0: forward uh, to the show, but also future shows. Uh, I'm, as I said, throughout the whole uh, conversation today, super excited about everything that you do at Kulis, you know. So I I really congratulate you, but also wishing you the best of luck in the future. I know it's a a hard space to to succeed in, Mm -hmm. right? There's a lot of competition. A lot of macro factors influencing whether people buy art or not, right? So, but um, keep up the good work. And Hank, I mean, from what I saw in the group exhibition and and from my research, you're extremely interesting as an artist, super talented, really looking forward to your upcoming exhibition. 4th of November at Coolis Gallery. All the details will be in the show notes. So this was an episode of Const where we talk to uh, Philippe Janet from Kulis Gallery and Hank Gruner, an artist uh, exhibiting soon. And CONST is a podcast by Scandinavian Mind about contemporary and future art, the interconnection with society, culture, technology, finance and lifestyle. And my name is Roland-Philippe Kretschmar. Thank you so much for today's conversation. Thank you for having Thank us. You.
1: Thanks, Roland. <laughs>